Here at Lady Farmer, we talk about so many different aspects of slow and sustainable living, a subject matter that can at times feel confusing, overwhelming, even misleading. And that's why a few years ago, we set out to write a book that might be a guide for those seeking a life of beauty, simplicity, and sustainability. We're thrilled to be able to offer you our own small guide for cultivating slow living, sustainable simplicity close to home available in our online marketplace. In the book, you've woven an easy-to-digest narrative of stories, recipes, tips, resources, ideas, and reflection. This collection of essays and resources will guide you to think about your own relationship to the planet, what you eat, what you wear, and how you live a sustainable lifestyle. It also contains a 21-day slow-living challenge of daily thought exercises to lead you in the process. For you Good Dirt listeners, we are offering free shipping of this wonderful little book with the code THEGOODDIRT in our online marketplace. So use the code THEGOODDIRT, T-H-E-G-O-O-D-D-I-R-T at checkout when you go to purchase your copy of The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living in our online marketplace for free shipping. That's The Good Dirt at The Lady Farmer online marketplace for free shipping on The Lady Farmer Guide to Slow Living. We hope you enjoy it. Thanks, everybody. The skin is deeply connected to all these systems within the body, and it's constantly communicating. It's you know receiving information from your inner world, and it's receiving information from your outside world, and it's sending that information to your brain and to your nervous system. You know, so so much of how we feel and truly comes through what our skin is picking up on. You know, and communicating. You're listening to The Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty-gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer, a slow-living apparel and lifestyle brand. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having constantly in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm. One that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. Come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. I thought it would be really fun if we both talked a little bit about our own personal experiences with our skincare. Yeah, I think that'd be really, really interesting to talk about. Because it's a pretty like personal and vulnerable thing usually, but it really consumes a certain part of your brain and your life, I think, as a, as a woman that you don't really talk a lot about out loud. That's so true. And since we recorded this episode, and I've been thinking more about the whole skincare thing, I had this memory that I think might, you know, have a part of my own thinking about it, part of my own story. I remember as a small child, seeing my mom at bedtime, get out this big tub, like a big jar 
of Pond's cold cream and rub it all over her face before she went to sleep. I just remember that. What even and is I, cold I, cream? Do you yeah. know what it is? I don't know what it is. I don't know for sure. I haven't researched this, but my guess is that in the 60s, there were not that many products, you know, skincare products. Yeah. And now it's just aisles and aisles and aisles and all these ingredients and all these things. And we don't know what they are. And they have big words that we're supposed to think they're good for our skin and all this. And, and maybe they are. I mean, you know, we know it's just, it's, it's also mind boggling. I don't have much of a skincare routine, but I definitely can equate looking back at the times when I like don't feel great about my skin or I have, you know, flare ups or blemishes or whatever is like directly equivalent to the times when I like drop a lot of money on face stuff and probably mostly because, you know, like I had you as a mom. I'm really picky, so I really have only ever bought like natural nice stuff, but I think as I learned from talking to Melissa today, even that sometimes is like not even necessary. Like the natural, the clean, beautiful skincare products that I do love to buy and I will continue as I, you know, as I can afford to in the future buy some nice things once in a while. But it really is so true that I think our bodies and our skin in particular is so much more capable than we give it credit for of really taking care of itself. I feel like I've always struggled with dry skin. And so to me, it's been this quest, lifelong quest to find that product that makes my skin feel soft and supple all the time. And it's mind boggling the money I've spent on all different things. And I'll, I'll find something and like, oh, this is it. This is the product I've been looking for for so long. And it's weird how something might work for a little while. And then after a while, it just kind of quits having the same effect. I don't know what that's about. Mm-hmm. But then I'm on the search again for for the product that is the magic bullet for my dry skin. So it's very, very interesting to talk about things in terms of being dependent on an industry that's going to provide you with this product or magic ingredients or the this perfect combination of things that's going to take away whatever problem it is you have with your skin. Maybe we have more power in this struggle, if you want to call it that, than we really think. And um, I think it's been a real turning point for me. And so I hope people really enjoy this episode and try to get their head around the things that we're talking about in it. One thing that that didn't come up that I think is really important to the discussion that maybe a lot of people are unaware of is that under the United States law, the cosmetic products and ingredients do not need FDA approval before they go on the market with the exception of color additives. No one is watching the ingredients that goes into these products. I'll just put that out there for consumers to decide, you know, how they feel about that. You know, when you, you're buying these things and you look at the ingredients on the side of the package and obviously, you know, we don't know what most of those things are or what that means, then you can know that the FDA has not 
screen those things for safety. Probably if you're listening to this, this is not the first time you've heard this. (laughs) Yeah. I think people who are generally aware of like sustainable living and clean living know that it's a big issue. Uh, But something that I really appreciated about this conversation in particular that really made me think genuinely like for the first time ever in a different way about it was from the perspective of like we're always coming at skincare as if we need to like fix a problem or that there's something wrong with us that we want to like change something about ourselves or we want to stop the wrinkles or prevent the wrinkles or you know the the blemishes or whatever it is and um really just like flipping that on its head and coming to skincare from a really like empowered place and not from a place where like I need to be fixed was such a different way of thinking about it and looking at it about looking at it and just kind of a different reframe of health in general that I really appreciated it was so enlightening and so special to to have this conversation with Melissa this is one of those really important conversations that we have with our listening audience on the slow living journey. When we can become conscious of things that are happening in an industry and aware and educated so that we can make decisions for ourselves. Sometimes those are decisions are which products to buy. Sometimes those decisions are as in this case, things we can actually make for ourselves, but whatever it is, it's empowering. And it really puts us in the driver's seat on this. We're not compelled to buy things because there are no other options. We're not compelled to trust the industry because we don't know any better. We can become educated. We can know what's going on and we can make these decisions for ourselves. So hope you enjoy this conversation with Melissa. So I am a skincare herbalist, which means that I work with plants and herbs to support health and wellness. You know, with this kind of holistic and whole body perspective, I've specialized in working with the skin. And just as I've gotten to learn, you know, the body and study the body through different disciplines of herbalism and things, I just started to develop this incredible fascination with the skin, you know, this incredible organ that I just think has been kind of misunderstood. So much of what we've learned about our own skin was really taught to us by the beauty industry. So today, a lot of my work is really about, you know, unlearning so much of what we were taught about our skin and, you know, really reconnecting with our own body. And of course, connecting with the natural world and the herbs and the plants that we can use to nourish our skin and nourish our body. That's just such an interesting point you have that the things we've been taught about our skin, we've been taught by the beauty industry. That's, I I, I never thought of it that way, but I guess that's true. Like to your point, that was the exact experience that I've always had. You know, I was very much kind of believed so much of the, the hype about our skin and the beauty industry taught us. And I used all the products and filled my cabinets with all these different products and things. And I didn't quite understand why or what I was, what it was all for, what it was, you know, supposed to do. But I just kind of was like a consumer just buying all these things. And then when I became a mom and I had uh, this little baby to take care of, you know, for the first time, that was when I really started to consider, you know, what's actually in these products and 
what are we actually putting on our skin? And this real shift kind of happened where I started to also just kind of hear the messages that the beauty industry tells us about our skin and that we're constantly needing to fix ourselves and change ourselves and improve ourselves. You know, it just felt really negative. So I started stepping away from that and uh, kind of the beauty world and learning about the body and learning about what it what it really means to feel good and to feel well. And so it's been a, a, a kind of a journey of kind of exploring all of that. And it led to herbalism, which for me, was amazing because it really kind of put all these things together really understanding kind of the body and its physical needs and how the skin works and its functions and really understanding the, the ingredients the herbs and the plants and what they can provide for us and I always say like the art and skill of skincare herbalism is kind of putting that together and learning how to take these herbs and these natural ingredients and to prepare them so that they are nourishment for the skin. Yeah it's amazing how the whole world of like the body and its functions and the skin and all that it's one universe and then herbalism is like another and here you're blending them it's really really cool and it they're just both you could just go on and on and on with the amount of information and things there are to learn and things there are to do in in both of those worlds it's fascinating it really is like I will never get tired of it I think that skincare herbalism is the thing that I've sustained the longest in my life. I've had so many kind of passions and, you know, <laughs> things I became interested in. But for the last 10 years, I just can't get enough. And there's so much more to learn. You know, I'm always learning more. And then the other world that I kind of combined and brought in was the world of cooking, right? Home cooking. I'm a real foodie and I always loved being in the kitchen and cooking foods and from scratch. And I've approached skincare really in the same exact way. So all the skincare that I make is really in the kitchen, you know, with these real food ingredients that nourish the body. And you just had a, a like a recipe book come out, didn't you? Can you tell us a little bit about your book? I did. Yeah, I, it just came out in August. It's kind of something I've always wanted to create. It's like a cooking book, you know, uh, that you kind of might, might keep in your in your kitchen. But it's about how to make these skincare recipes. And when I think about like my favorite cookbooks, it's the kind that you can open up and there's a recipe with all the ingredients that you already have in the kitchen. And you're like, I could just make this right now. And so that's exactly how I wanted to make this cookbook feel really accessible, really approachable. Do you have um, a favorite recipe in the cookbook? So the ones that I really love sharing with people to, to, to make first are the scrubs because they're so simple to put together. You usually already have all the ingredients you need and they make such a difference in the way you're, you feel, you know? It gives you that really nice immediate gratification you know, that we all love, <laughs> right? Where you can quite feel a difference right away. But my favorite things, like I love slow cooking just in my foods. And so I love slow cooking recipes for skincare too, like infused oils with herbs. Those are really fun to make. So Melissa, I wanted to tell you that um, we received the gift of your book back in the fall. Thank you so much. I have really enjoyed it. I wanted to tell you about this kind of epiphany I had with it. I've always had really dry skin and have for my entire adult life buying like, like really expensive products, like one after the another, you know, yeah. and I'll, I found something that maybe works for a while and then it, it kind of stops working. So I switch. And then in recent years, I've just gotten so frustrated with that, especially since I've started, you know, trying to pare down the plastic stuff in the bathroom and all these containers and so forth. I, I did your serum recipe 
and I happened to have some beeswax on hand and I had the ingredients and it just, I made it and it feels so lovely and it works so well. And I just felt like I felt so empowered. I felt like it was just this huge thing. Like I don't have to spend 90 bucks on a little plastic thing of cream anymore. Like I'm not like captive to that. <laughs> you know, I can actually create something for myself. And I think that's what you're talking about. That's the point of your, your whole thing. Yeah, that's the moment. That's like that mindset shift. And yeah, I think that's what you're going back to saying. Like, I'm not captive to it where you don't feel like you're dependent upon this industry to provide these things that you need. And I often, I often feel like it's been kind of marketed that way. Like, you know, skincare is sold to us as being kind of very complex, you know, with ingredients that you can't understand. Like, and don't even bother trying making this stuff yourself because it won't possibly right. work. Right. all like white, white coats and you know labs and all these things and it's been marketed that way but the, really the truth of the matter is is like you can absolutely make these things I often think about it like could you imagine the restaurant industry telling us oh no like don't bother cooking for yourself like there's no way you can yeah. possibly do this yourself you're gonna if you want to eat you're gonna have to come to my restaurant and you're gonna have to buy it <laughs> me you know we would hopefully like run them out of town and be like, that is nonsense. And I think that there are really great skincare makers out there. So we can definitely, you know, enjoy some of these beautifully made products, you know, if we, if we choose to. And it just, it doesn't mean though that you can't do this for yourself too, you know? It's so true. And there are some really nice ones and there are some that are, are done in really lovely ways and yeah. packaged well. And yes, they are out there. And in that way too, it's like art, right? It's like, you're supporting someone who's like, or the way that I look at it and the skincare that I like to buy is from, you know, like small batch artisan kind of made with like really good ingredients. And yeah, it's a big investment, but like you're supporting this person and, and what they do. Um, and you're trading money for that, for that time and like knowledge, as opposed to what you were saying, mom, like being captive to like, oh, I need this or I'll have wrinkles and it'll be bad. It's just like not a good way to be. And that's a really empowered and conscious choice that you're making for yourself. Like, yeah, I really want to enjoy this beautifully made product that this person made. And I love their story. I love their ingredients. And I want to use that. And that's that's great. But you're not going in from this lack mentality of thinking, oh, I need this. And I mm -hmm. can't possibly take care of my own skin. And, and I don't know what's in it, but it's too complex to understand anyway. You know, like, so that's the shift that I think that we're kind of entering with this. To your point about it's so complex, we, you know thinking we couldn't possibly do it for ourselves. You look at the contents of these things and they're, you know, they're things you can't even pronounce. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like you said, created in the lab with the white coats and all of that and come to realize when we start dabbling around, you don't need all that stuff because you, you don't need it to live on the shelf for five years or, you know, trying to ship it across the world or whatever it's for you. And you don't need those unpronounceable things and those additives and, it's all right there. And it's just, it's just such a light bulb. Like, yeah. wow. <laughs> I, I love the movement. I love the movement that you're leading here. And obviously, you know, there's been, people have been DIYing things for a while, but when you really bring it all together in a book and out there talking about it in this way, it really resonates with people. To tell you the truth, like I, I had a hard time coming to terms with even what I was doing, you know? I mean, when I started making skincare for my daughter, it was really out of a feeling of necessity. 
I wanted to use healthier products for her, but I quite simply, I couldn't afford, you know, the natural and organic alternatives that were out there at the time. So I kind of just did what, you know, I knew how, which was I got in the kitchen and I just started trying to kind of figure out how to make things. And, you know, when I started that way, I was kind of coming at it just like for providing her something healthier. I hadn't yet come to my own understanding of my own skin. I was still using the, you know, the skincare products from the shelves for myself, right? You know, for a long time, I was using these skincare products, but then using homemade products for my babies. So it was really a long time for me to figure out even even within myself, you know, and I was still very much tied to these, I, these kind of like insecurities and using these products yeah. in these ways. And when I started kind of making skincare for myself and feeling that this incredible difference in the way that I felt, what, something I wanted to do right away was to start sharing it with other people. You're like, oh, you know, you could actually make this stuff yourself. I almost felt kind of like I was part of this industry that had caused me so much insecurity, right? And I, I almost didn't like the fact that I was part of this beauty world. And for a long time, I really didn't even like telling people what I did. When I would say to someone, oh yeah, you know, I, I'm a natural skincare educator. Right away, the conversation would shift to, oh, oh gosh, my skin is so awful. What do you recommend? And so that really made me feel bad. And I didn't like that I was part of that world. And so I was at odds with it for a really long time. It wasn't until like actually three years ago, I moved back to the States. I had left the States when I was in my 20s and I came back when I was 40. When I moved back to the States, I remember I went to a Sephora and I, I walked into the store and right away, you know, like a very helpful staff person comes and starts talking to me about the products. And the conversation is right away about like, what are you, you know, wanting to fix or improve or, you know, basically what's the insecurity that you want to change about yourself? I felt so kind of like low and bad about myself. And I was just like, yeah, but when I'm, when I'm making skincare, when I'm in the farmer's market and buying ingredients and when I'm in my kitchen making skincare, I feel so elevated and I feel so good. And so it was almost that experience that really showed me like, that's what I really want to do is to share that with people, to take this, you know, to unlearn and unwrite these messages and stories of the beauty world and just bring these beautiful products into the wellness world and to our kitchens and, and make it something that's really empowering again. Why is it that it, it took us so long? I think we're right now we're beginning to get the idea that, the, you know, our skin absorbs things. It's the largest organ in the body and all that. You're hearing that more and more now, but why did it take us so long to, to think, Hey, this jar of stuff with all this weird stuff in it that I don't even know what it is. Why is it okay to slather this all over my body? And now it's just such a, it seems like such a no brainer to use natural whole ingredients that you would eat anyway, because it's going into your system or you could eat. That just seems so commonsensical, but for some reason yeah. it, it's like a new thing. <laughs> Why is that? Because I, because I guess it's like what you were saying, we've been programmed that we need these products. We need these things. I mean, that's the whole basis of, you know, our consumer society is, Someone out there is telling us that we need to do this for our own well-being or for whatever reason. And we just can wake up and say, no, no, I really don't. Or some things I might need, but I can, I can be more intentional about deciding what I need and what I don't. Unfortunately, I mean, this is how the beauty industry became a billion dollar industry, you know, <laughs> selling us the, both the problem and the solution. I think that what's happened is that when we when we kind of look outwards for these solutions and like oh what should i use for my skin and buying these products 
it's almost in a way of kind of disconnecting us from our own body mm-hmm. and really tuning into our own body and kind of understanding, you know, for ourselves what we need, right? We're always kind of looking for the solution outside of ourselves. I think that skincare is actually an incredible way to kind of reconnect with your own body. One of my fascinations with the skin is just really learning how incredible this organ is and and the fact that it really is organ of connection and communication. The skin is deeply connected to all these systems within the body and it's constantly communicating. It's, you know, receiving information from your inner world and it's receiving information from your outside world and it's sending that information to your brain and to your nervous system, you know? So, so much of how we feel and truly comes through what our skin is picking up on, you know, and communicating. Oh my gosh. I've never even thought about that. Like, yeah, our skin is like the number one thing that connects us to the world. I always think about my feet. I'm like, oh, my feet connect me to the earth, but it's really like your whole skin. It's so cool. It's like the only thing between you and the world. Yeah. Is your skin. So when you you think about it that way, then you really think, oh, wow, I want to make sure I have the best of ingredients. And what you were saying, Melissa, like, what does my skin need? What is it trying to tell me? What does it know? You know, like, what is it picking up on? Like, exactly it. And so like, your skin is communicating um, your body's needs to you. We can't see inside our body what's going on in there, but we can connect with that through our skin. And when we learn, you know, there's this term that was actually coined 15 years ago, and it's called uh, body literacy, right? Mm -hmm. And it's this idea of the fact that you're able to understand, to observe and understand the messages of your own body and what it's trying to communicate to you so that we can take action and provide ourselves with what we need. You can directly work with your skin. It's this organ that you can actually touch and feel and observe and look at and connect with. And you can receive messages from your from your own body, but you can also give messages back to your body. You can send messages of wellness and calm. You can actually influence your nervous system. You know, you can actually turn off the stress hormones and turn on your parasympathetic system just by the way that you interact with your skin. It's just so powerful. And then you start to think we've been taught that our skin is like incapable of like yeah. taking care of itself. Yeah. And we need to put all these things on it. I honestly think if our skin could tell us one thing, it'd be to stop, like just stop putting all this stuff on us, you know, <laughs> like, stop treating me like I can't, you know, I'm, our skin is an incredibly powerful organ. It's so interesting to hear you frame it this way, because you, you think about it and it's like, yes, we've been told that our skin is on a fast train to deterioration unless we do something very aggressively it's this message that's been told to us just recently in our kind of human history you know it's really when we look back at the history of skincare you know skincare was about wellness it was very connected to health and wellness right we took care of our skin because it was such a part of our you know what we needed to be healthy message changed a little bit in the last, you know, I don't know, 40, 50 years or something with modern skincare. But what I'm sharing, these recipes, these ideas and are not new at all. They're very, very, you know, we've always kind of known this, you know, I think it's just about reconnecting with it. Could you identify a time when this kind of shifted or do you yeah. know? Well, I think there was a time when we started developing, you know, a lot more chemicals, right? And yes, also ended up in our foods as well. And in our skincare, and then it became kind of marketed that way. I mean, you might even think about like, 
I don't necessarily want to like call out names of brands and things, but things like Clinique started coming out, you know, where, oh, we have these cutting edge new chemicals that are now being added into our skincare. And, you know, and look, I, I, I love the science and I love that, you know, advancements and technologies and everything. I'm a daughter of a physicist, you know, and so there's been great improvements. Definitely. I just think that it's important to just understand as well. It's kind of the reconnection of your own body and just kind of getting in tune with what makes you feel your best. And if I think about it, the foods that make me feel my best, it's always, you know, that kind of these really kind of simple whole ingredients and foods that my body needs to, to thrive and feel healthy. When I have kind of these really heavily processed foods, I don't generally feel my best. And I started kind of looking at skincare very much the same way. You know, I look at skincare that's lining the shelves and in the supermarkets and the stores, you know, to me, it looks like, like junk food now, just highly processed, full of additives, full of ingredients that aren't there to serve your health, but there to serve convenience you know, so they can sit on a, on the shelf for years. These whole food ingredients are really what makes us feel our best, you know? And so when we think about nourishing the skin, you know, when we nourish the body, all you have to do is eat something and then your body does the work of breaking it down, you know, and extracting out all the nutrients and doing what it needs to do. But our, you know, what we do when we're preparing the skincare is that process of kind of making those nutrients available. And so that's kind of like the, the skill of skincare making. But, you know, food is about nourishment, but it's also about enjoyment too. And I think the art of making skincare is kind of those beautiful aromas and the combinations of ingredients and the creativity. And that's all there too. I'm so yeah. glad you brought up about the, the advent of the use of chemicals in the food and our, our agriculture that came yeah. about after the war because the companies literally, the, the same chemicals that had been used in warfare were mm-hmm. switched to agriculture. And so they could, you know, they would have a market for it because the war was over. Now I see the connection between that and the chemicals that were put into other things too, including skincare. It just, it really makes so much sense. And we've, over the years that we've been doing Lady Farmer, we've drawn this parallel between um, the food system and the chemicals and the processing and everything with the clothing manufacturing and the way the plants are grown and all that. And we've said this really a, a lot of the same thing. And here we're adding a third tier to that. It's, it's, it's skincare. It's really kind of a, it's, it's, food. Skincare is whole body wellness, right? I think we've come to view our skin as being like somehow separate from our body, you know, and we understand that there's our body and everything that goes inside and what we need to feel healthy, which is like healthy food and healthy lifestyle, good company, all these things, you know, create health in the body, but then there's our skin. And then we kind of feel like, well, well, for healthy skin, we need a product, you know? And I think that's created this real big disconnect and where really our skin is our body, just like every other, you know, organ in our body, it's made of of cells and tissue. And it also needs nutrients and all the healthy things to to be well. Skincare is whole body wellness, because when you're caring for your skin, you are connecting with and caring for your whole body. And then the other thing that, you know, I feel about with skincare is that whole food is skincare. When you look at your kitchen ingredients and the, and the things that you make to, to provide your food, these are the same things that you can use on your skin. And it's just, it's, and it's, you're nourishing yourself in the same way. That's so wonderful. You mentioned something you can make yourself go into parasympathetic. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? I know very little about parasympathetic. When you said that about skincare, I'm like, what? Is there something that I can be like putting on my skin that makes me 
more relaxed, to have better digestion. Can you tell us about that? That's also my huge fascination with skincare, uh, the skin, is that it's deeply connected. Specifically, there's two systems that are so interesting. And one is your circulatory and your lymphatic system, like your systems of flow. You can kind of really increase these systems of flow by the way that you're working with your skin. Um, But the other one is the nervous system. Like the skin is I would, you would almost think of the skin as like an external nervous system. It's just lined with all of these nerve cells, you know, uh, that's communicating directly to your brain. It's almost, we know this instinctively, right? When we think about like when we're kind of comforting a child or holding a baby or even with ourselves, you know, when you're feeling stressed, almost instinctually, you put your hands to your skin or you'll stroke, you know, the little baby or the child. It's this soothing action. And what you're doing is you're actually stimulating the nervous system in a way of kind of communicating that you're safe, you know, kind of able to kind of calm down the body. And when the parasympathetic system switches on, that turns off the the stress responses, right? It stops pumping like stress hormones and your heart, you know, when we're feeling stressed, like all these responses happen in the body to prepare us to like to run or to do whatever we need to do, right. To get out of that situation, that scary situation. And when we're no longer in that danger, that stress response turns off because our parasympathetic system turns on. And that's when our, our heartbeat can slow down again. And we can kind of start to breathe again. Uh, You're not pumping cortisol and you're kind of, you know, calming the body down. And that's the state in which the body can rest and repair and digest and heal so that's kind of like the best place to be in. And we can access that through our skin. And it's, you know, if you think about it instinctually, you know this, there's actually this psychological therapy as well called havening, where you're taught to just stroke your body, stroke your skin when you're feeling stressed or anxious, you know, to bring calm to the body. And so it's taught to people to help manage their anxiety and stresses in life, you know, in the day. So skin care you're actually doing this. And so one of my favorite techniques, you know, one of my favorite recipes to teach as well is um, body oiling. And it's a practice that's actually, you know, it's taught in Ayurveda, which is like a four, it's a 4,000 year old medicine. So it's very ancient stuff that we've been doing for a long time. But what the practice is, is that you're essentially massaging oil onto your body, kind of in these kind of soothing strokes. And you do this before you take a shower. And so the oil is nourishing your body, right? It's nourishing your skin, replenishing and um, your skin. But then it's also the act of stroking your skin is soothing the body. And so if you're doing this daily, it becomes this very incredible, very powerful practice of kind of calming and soothing yourself every day. So as you were saying a few minutes ago, Melitza, how that comes so naturally to us to stroke the skin and comfort the child and stroke our own Uh, Like if something hurts us, we'll rub it. It's just interesting how we innately know these things. Absolutely. And then when we start seeing it that way, it's just like skincare, your skincare practice actually becomes a really important and powerful part of your day where you are actually connecting with your body, nourishing yourself, just taking good care of yourself, you know, and it's not a place of where you're trying to change yourself and fix yourself and do all these things to yourself. But you're just, you're 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 tuning into yourself and taking care of yourself, and that's so powerful. This is also another reflection of the idea of uh, you know our 
our inner being is reflected on the outside and vice versa. In other words, these things are connected. They're not separate. And as you were saying a minute ago, how, you know, we've, we've come to see the skin as the separate thing. In many ways, the modern approach to medicine is a very reductionist thing. Like, like Mm -hmm. there's a specialist for every part of the body, you know, and you, and you go to a different doctor for all of them to get a sense of the whole again, for us to rediscover that reconnect with how the whole thing works together so miraculously so exquisitely and just what what that can do for overall health absolutely and then and your skin is that thing that kind of helps you connect you know that's definitely you know I think that what I'm hoping to bring forward in skincare herbalism is really bridging the the skincare and these beautiful recipes, but also like the whole body and that we're taking care of the whole body through the skin. So you're launching a, n- a new business, right? And is, is that what this is? is? Is it taking the form of consultations or classes or tell us about the business? Yeah. So, I mean, for, for many, many years now, um, I've been teaching workshops in person and online as well. And um, I started doing one-on-one consultations as well. I've done lots of different things, but my passion has always really, really been the teaching. I just felt that strong calling from the beginning, really, that I just wanted to to teach. And I've often dreamt of having my own school, but it's, you know, it was something that I just kind of, you know, kept to myself for a very long time. And I think there's something about this year that just, opened up something inside and I just decided to kind of just officially do this, you know, and create a school of skincare herbalism. And so I'm going to be launching it officially in 2021 and it's going to be virtual space, uh, but the programs are going to be taught live and self-paced. So the way that I'm going to be doing this is every quarter I'll put the programs out and I'll teach the classes live because I just think it's so important to have that connection. And yet I also want to make the courses of kind of a more of a self-paced. So you can always watch the recording and you have the material because I know that, you know, we're capable of, of learning and creating change in our lives at our own pace. So I wanted to kind of do a bit of a hybrid for the two live and self-paced. Oh, this is wonderful. What a great companion to the book you just published. And again, the marvelous idea of combining herbalism with the skincare in a more, in a deeper way than maybe you typically see out there is, is really exciting where you actually become an expert in the, in the combination of the two, not one or the other. Exactly. Yeah, definitely. And it's funny because I always had these separate things and I didn't know how to work it all together. And finally, I, I just feel like that's just exactly what it is. You know, I think the school is very much kind of like combining going to herbal school and maybe going to cooking school all at one. <laughs> and so we talk about body systems and materia medica, like learning the herbs. And we talk about crafting healthy routines and habits and connecting with nature and all those things. And, and then we bring that in all into our kitchen, you know, and make skincare with skincare ingredients and, and kitchen techniques. And, you know, so much of the recipes that I make really comes from observing and, you know, and learning from chefs and the foods and going to restaurants and seeing food combinations and going, that would be an amazing body scrub. Chocolate makers, you know, all these kind of, you know, kitchen techniques and bringing that in as well. How to make things smooth, how to get the lumps out, how to... Exactly it. Yeah. I mean, like, I think that the scrubs that I make are some of the best scrubs I've ever tried because of the process. Like I make the sugar really fine. But these are all kitchen techniques that I learned watching, you know, pastry makers talk about how they make their amazing, really silky smooth (laughs) recipes. And I'm like, okay, 
Um, and so just kind of bringing those together. And so the school, I wanted it to feel more like a Montessori for adults, you know, really hands-on. Oh, fun. Yeah, really engaging with the ingredients and the recipes and um, have a place where you have like good, solid information where you can come and pick up knowledge and skills, but then also to develop yourself, you know, to develop your perspectives and, and your recipes and your creations. So talk to us about your ingredients, like, and how do you source them and, and what are your priorities. I, I know from our experience, you know, you, you have all these things you want to accomplish in terms of, you know, what goes into your products or what you want to invest in. And sometimes you can't check all the boxes. Sometimes you have to make compromises. Talk to us about your experience with that. Yeah. I think my number one priority is that it's accessible. Yeah. I think that I was really lucky in the way that I got into skincare. I lived in Asia at the time and I didn't have access to a lot of the kind of a specialty skincare ingredients and all these things. What I had access to was limited and, and that forced me to work with what I have and it, and it taught me to be really resourceful (laughs) too. And so, and to also really appreciate what I have, you know, there could be some special oil in Brazil that every was all the rage, but if I couldn't use it, I just couldn't, I couldn't get it. So then I started to learning about all the things that were around me and gosh, there's, you know, incredible herbs and oils and and ingredients that are available to me Uh, and getting really excited about those. So I think that's important to learn about all that's out there. Sure. But be excited about what's around you, what grows in your area, what's in your kitchen, you know, what's in your farmer's market. Those are the things that I think are really exciting to learn about. So things that are accessible. And, you know, what really frustrated me as well about the wellness world as it's been growing and becoming more trendy and all that often felt like I couldn't afford to buy the products that I was seeing out there. Yeah. And it just kind of felt like that meant I couldn't participate in it, you know? Mm-hmm. And, I, and, I, and I, I think it's important to make wellness accessible to everybody. And so everyone should feel like they can make these healthy and beautiful things for themselves. Yeah. You know, the facial serum that I I made from your book, I was so happy that I already had everything. I didn't have to order anything or go out and get it. It was all there. That was, it's like, (laughs) Hey, I can make this like right now. It was really cool. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I did happen to have, which maybe not everybody has around, but it's, you can find it is, is the beeswax because I had, I had bought some beeswax at this outdoor market thing like several years ago and I had never really done anything with it. And I just knew that, you know, somewhere along the line, I just want it. I was just really drawn to it. Like, Oh, I want this beeswax. And I bought these like kind of big bricks of it and they've been kind of sitting around. And, and so I had that. Yeah. And so I made this wonderful stuff and now that I made it and I've been using it, I realized that that ingredient is something that my body has really responded to. It's like, I put it on and like, it makes me feel happy. It makes me feel like, oh my gosh, like somewhere inside me is telling me this is good for you. You made a good choice in putting this on your face. (laughs) It just, it's just funny. You get these little messages, you know, it's like, I love this stuff (laughs) and I, I made it myself. Hundred percent. Body knows, right? Like, body responds to these ingredients, these recipes, because it recognizes the ingredients as nourishment, as food. I'm completely fascinated by how you like figured out all of these things and like came up with the recipes and everything. I imagine it being a lot of trial and error. I don't know. I'm assuming that. (laughs) Can you talk a little bit to your process of figuring these things out? And like, I just can't imagine. I don't think I have the patience to like 
if something's not working to like figure out how to make it work like in the I would just get so frustrating oh I don't I can't do this but you've done that for us you've paved the way it was the weirdest thing I couldn't figure out what was motivating me so much but I was just so drawn to it and I, the only thing I can equate to is I love cooking you know mm-hmm. like I love being in the kitchen I love going to farmer's markets I love getting ingredients so I would think that was what I was like really inspired by you know I learned the hard way what works and what doesn't work or what goes off very quickly and all, all the things, you know, um, but I just kept making the recipes because I was just having a really good time at it. And I didn't know where it was leading yet. I didn't know what I was going to do with all this information. <laughs> Years of trial and error. The plunger <laughs> yeah. is like permanently in my bathroom for years because my I kept clogging the bathroom oh wow the tub you know (laughs) (laughs) I was gonna ask you about that like some of the ingredients don't go down the drain very well down the drain yeah so when I say with confidence like oh yeah you know this is what you should put in a little bag and this is what you can put in your bath and this is what you shouldn't it's because I know what clogs the drain and what doesn't like but yeah you figure things out and I just had I've had a lot of fun like I think making skincare is like my, is my craft. It's what I really have thrown myself into and um, what I love doing. I, I think I had to redefine it. I had to redefine skincare and what I was making. And once I started seeing it more like food and that beautiful creative process, I just couldn't get enough of it. You know, I kept going. That's amazing. I'm wondering, do you have special tools in your kitchen that are just for your skincare or do you, is it all mixed up your skin and your cooking for your family? And yeah, yeah. it's all mixed up. It's all mixed up. Like again, you know, I only moved to the States, well, back to the States three years ago for all this time. I lived like in the very tiny apartment in Singapore where we had absolutely no storage space, you know? So Mm -hmm. I couldn't, I didn't have room for anything extra. So I used all of my kitchen utensils to make my skincare with. So like a, something like, like a body butter, I just, I make it with the same handheld mixer that I would use to make frosting, <laughs> which is funny. Like there's a kind of a, a running joke in my family. Cause at this point, every single person in my family has accidentally eaten my skincare because yeah. it looks like food and it's, you know, <laughs> and they think that I'm making frosting and it's a foot cream, you know? <laughs> oh my gosh. I want it. <laughs> so how do you clean the beeswax off of, out of the bowls and the implements and stuff? Like I just, you know, yeah. use as much of it as I can. And then with the residue, I put really hot water and just really pour it outside hard. or something. That's yeah, exactly it. You have to kind of melt it off. <laughs> so yeah, boiling hot water to remove it that way and not pouring it down your drain as well. Cause that kind of clogs things up and everything's like, you know, a natural ingredient. So it's fine to go out in the yard. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the garden is like, yeah, give it to me. It's all good. <laughs> yeah, my husband's always going, what is this? And what is this? And <laughs> Well, she has lots of like unmarked jars of things. I do. So. I don't, <laughs> don't blame I him. have to get better about yeah. labeling. One of my classes, I always say, and then make sure you label your jar. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, I need to tell myself this because I literally have jars of things I'm smelling. I'm like, wow, what, what was that? <laughs> I know. Famous last words when you say, I will label this later. Yeah, no. Famous last words. You touched on this a little bit, I think, but I think it'd be interesting to hear. How do you think the pandemic has affected what you do or affected people's attitudes or we're all kind of sensing now that it's a different world than it was a year ago. So how do you think that's impacted what you're doing? Yeah, I feel like this year has just been like a big pattern interrupter, you know, like it just interrupted our our, our, our normal yeah. patterns. And 
that can be really interesting when that happens because it kind of, you kind of start to see things maybe, you know, a little bit differently. And it definitely showed me the things that I was doing that necessarily weren't lighting me up and the things that I'm doing that really do. And I definitely, I think this, this year really helped me to see with much more clarity that it was time for me to start my school and, and to, and to decide to put that forward. So that's been like kind of the biggest, you know, a big thing for me and just kind of stripping away of all the things like, what should I do with all this? And what, where am I all, where is this all heading? And it definitely kind of cemented for me that, yeah, I, I I think I, I know now what I want to do when I grow up. (laughs) Do you get the sense that there's more receptivity for it out there in the wider world or that that it's just like you're ready so you're ready to send this out there and whatever becomes of it yeah yeah I, I definitely think so like it's been so interesting to see how people have really turned to these kind of like these old skills you know that we kind of yeah. stopped having time for you know and, and just realizing that we don't necessarily need to make our own bread anymore we can definitely buy bread very easily you know but there's joy in it too and learning these skills and taking time for them and I think that's been something that people have been kind of interested in as well and maybe also just feeling like they don't want to feel dependent anymore on on needing things from the outside world you know that you can supply for yourself that sense of empowerment that yeah if they don't have this on the shelf at the store I I know how to do this yeah absolutely it is amazing it's an amazing feeling yeah, when you tap into that, I think that, you know, it's something that you kind of appreciate and, and you really want for yourself and there's value in, in developing your skills. So yeah, I think that I think people have, have become more receptive to it, certainly. Well, we are kind of running up on our time here. We don't want to keep you too long. This has been so enlightening and fun and you've just completely, I mean, I thought I knew about why natural skincare yeah. was important, but like you've totally like opened up my eyes and brain and my heart in so many ways. I'm so grateful oh, for this chat. But before we leave, I do want to ask you if you have anything else to to share with the world or if you can speak specifically to what it is that you most want people to understand about the work that you do. The thing that's most powerful in my own life and and, and working with others is really about connecting back with your own self and, and going inwards. You know, I think that it can feel so frustrating when we don't know what we need to do or what's going to help us feel better or what we should, you know, be using and all these things. It can feel so frustrating and when we instead kind of go inwards and kind of get those answers from within, our bodies are just so incredible. And we, we have this information, this knowledge, it's just, it's there. We just got to tap into it. And so if there's anything that I hope herbal skincare inspires is to kind of tune into your own body more. And I think that that that's what, you know, skincare has really helped me to do is connecting with my skin as a way to connect with myself. That's so valuable to hear. And for us to open our minds to that type of thinking. And in the same way, we want to recognize how we're connected with our environment and the earth and the ground under our feet. And I just wonder if you have anything to say about the connection between skincare, as we've been speaking of it, and the good dirt, good soil. (laughs) When you said soil, for some reason, I started thinking about microorganisms. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. (laughs) Okay, good. Because you know, this idea that our skin care is supposed to create this incredible sense of purity, this unnatural sense of purity, it's not even what health should look like, right? We, we're only beginning to even understand within our own body this incredible communities of 
flora and life that live on our skin and that are such a part of all the functions, you know, down to like how we, our, our body takes in nutrition and, you know, all sorts, like even like our acid mantle, how it's created by certain bacteria. I mean, just all sorts of really fascinating thing that we're starting to understand. And so when we use these products that are designed to create this pristine, unnatural, clean environment, is that actually healthy? That is so fascinating. So it's really even interesting to me as well to even think about when we think about skincare and cleaning our skin, what does that mean? It reminds me of like one of the first things you learn when you hear about fermenting foods is that mm -hmm. we're surrounded by good bacteria. We're covered with it. It's all over us. It's everywhere in our, in our environment and it's on our skin. Mm -hmm. And that is the bacteria that you are proliferating when you're fermenting food that is super nutritious to your body. So there is this amazing um, connection and, and symbiosis between bacteria and soil and our skin and our bodies and all this is, and it's so true, as you say, Melissa, that we're just now learning about all this. It's it's really a new, only in the last couple of decades that scientists are learning all about the microbiome and how central it is to not only our health, but our life. It's yeah. really, it's, it's what creates life and, and keeps it sustained. Yeah. So it's all the, the interconnections here are just really fascinating. Can you tell people where they can find you? Yeah, I have a website called Little Green Dot, and there I share lots of recipes and, and you know articles I've been writing over the years. I also offer one-on-one uh, -on -one consultations, and all that information is there too. In January, I'm officially opening the doors to my virtual you know skincare herbalism school, and all the information and access will be through Little Green Dot. And I share a lot on Instagram. That's also Little Green Dot. Yay. Where does the name Little Green Dot come from? I've been meaning to ask you that. <laughs> it's funny because it made sense only in Singapore. So I started Little Green Dot when I lived in Singapore. My initial kind of inspiration and goal was really to kind of spread uh, green living awareness. And so Singapore is this tiny island and it's nicknamed the Little Red Dot. Like it's a, it's a little red dot on the map. So my mission was to turn the Little Red Dot green. And so I called it Little Green Dot. Oh, that's great. <laughs> it made sense back then when I was in Singapore. It's perfect. It's wonderful, especially when you tell that little story. <laughs> oh, this was great. This is really good. Well, thank you so much. It thank was so you nice. so much for joining us. This is so fun. We just feel so lucky to know you and be able to work with you. And I can't wait to keep on doing stuff together in the future. And I can't wait to go in and read all about your school. That just sounds so great. And I know it's going to change the world in a really, really good way. Oh, I'm so excited. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for tuning in this week to the Good Dirt Podcast. If you're not already following us at We Are Lady Farmer on Instagram, give us a follow there. Check us out at www.ladyfarmer.com to sign up for our email list. And we also have an online membership called The Almanac. It's uh, currently not open for enrollment, but we will be opening again in the spring, so mid to late March. So be looking for open enrollment to that. Uh, if you want to be the first to know, you can get on our mailing list. 
and it's a wonderful community all about slow living and we have workshops and themes for the weeks and months and and activities we're doing together all to kind of work more towards this slower and sustainable way of life educating ourselves and one another and it's really really fun so thank you so much for being here and we will see you next week bye y'all see you next time <laughs>